Good morning. Oh, I don't know, it's 11.30 or something, so I'm not sure if it's morning anymore, but hello, that works, right? Okay, ready? Good. Many of us can probably remember as kids going to the beach and building a sandcastle, right? The sun, the smells, this enormous sandbox to work with. It was the perfect environment for our inner architect to shine. And the process itself was tons of fun, but the outcome in every castle, in every building was the same, complete and utter destruction. Because no matter how well they were built, right, even if you had the latest state-of-the-art shovel and bucket set, you had custom castle molds, liquid nails, flex tape, a master's degree in castle making, whatever, all sandcastles would come to ruin. And I can remember many times taking the kids to the beach and within seconds, it's like, Dad, let's build a sandcastle. Let's build a sandcastle. The biggest one ever in the history of ever. And the construction process would begin, right? Put the towers here and here and here. And then we need the, the main quarters here. That's for the princess. And we need a dungeon. And I'm like, a dungeon? And they're like, a dungeon. We have these sand crabs. They need to go somewhere. And they're like, no, we didn't do anything. And next thing you know, they're stuck in there. And from there, you're looking around and going, what else can we do? And they're like, add sticks, add shells, flip-flops, whatever you could find. And weirdly, in my family, every single time you would find this weird I don't even know what it was, this bulb-looking seaweed plant thing that would always find its way into the castle decor. And I don't know if it was like our flag, it was the symbol, um, it was slimy, gross, it smelled, but it was always in the castle. And then, dramatic music starts playing, right? And you're sitting there and you're interrupted by that wave, that crazy wave that comes out of nowhere and... It, you're like, wait, where did that come from? How did that happen? I'm like, we're way up here. How did, what? And it's the ocean, right? The ocean's there going, hey, hello, I'm in charge, and your time here is limited. And as this is happening, the kids take off screaming, and they're yelling, like, what do we do? What do we do? And as dad, you're the foreman, right? You're like, uh, nothing. We're doomed. Let's go home and grab some lunch, right? No, that's not what you do. You're like, Okay, um, we got to build up a defense. We have to figure something out here, right? We have to build up a defense. You, let's build a moat here. Okay, you build the moat, got to go around there. Send the ocean water this way and that way. Send it to the other kids' castles, right? You set up and dig holes in the front so that all the ocean water will go in the holes before it gets to our castle. Uh, yeah, that's going to work. Okay, then you build a wall here, and then you build another wall here so if the, the ocean water comes, it breaches the first, it can get to the second, and we'll block it, right? And then somewhere in the middle of all of this, you go, what are we doing? It's the ocean. We're attempting to take on the ocean with sand piles and sand walls on sand, because that's possible, right? No, that's not possible. Now, sometimes, just barely, you manage to escape the ocean's wrath with only minor damage, and you think, we've won. Take that, you big puddle of H2O. But sadly, your victory is always short-lived, and other problems arise that can't be avoided or even planned for. Birds dogs, 
children, wind, sun, rain, teenagers, tourists, frisbees, lifeguard trucks, sea monsters, spike ball. I don't know. All these things are happening, and it's game over for your castle. Because building something on the sand will not last. It's not a sustainable foundation. And as I was thinking about all of our current life situations, I don't know, um, let's call them 2020, right? God kept bringing the story of the parable of the wise and foolish builders back into my life over and over and over again. And now in saying that instantly, some of you who grew up in church, right? You just broke out into song in your head. And you're like, the watchman built this. I'm going to spare you my singing voice because that would be a lot. And the song went on, blah, 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 splat is how it kind of went. And as you sang the parable, you're, less, you're, you're looking at yourself and going, oh, lesson done. I know what that's about. I'd ask you to wait. Because sometimes it's so easy for us to pass over the familiar and well-known passages of Scripture without really thinking, pausing, and sitting in them. The story is really foundational to everything else Jesus would say on his time here on earth. There's so much more here than a simple, catchy children's jingle. This parable is how Jesus wraps up his longest recorded teaching time, the Sermon on the Mount. This is two chapters in Matthew 5 through 7. And he teaches everything from the kingdom of God to turning the other cheek to loving your enemies to being salt and light, avoiding lust and anger, not worrying, forgiving, not judging, giving a narrow gate. The last will be first and so much more. He starts with the Beatitudes, the blessed are those who, and he concludes with a simple illustration to drive home a crucial choice left to the listeners. Let's read Matthew 7. It says, Therefore, everyone who hears these words of mine and puts them into practice is like a wise man who built his house on the rock. The rain came down and the streams rose and the winds blew against and beat against that house. Yet it did not fall because it had its foundation on the rock. But everyone who hears these words of mine and does not put them into practice is like a foolish man who built his house on the sand. The rains came, the streams rose, and the winds blew and beat against that house, and it fell with a great crash. So first, the characters of the parable, right? We have the wise and the foolish builders. And the title itself it's kind of a clear giveaway, right? Um, let me see here. Do I want to be, do I want to be the wise builder? Or do I want to be the fo foolish builder? Uh, right, no, that one is an easy thing. But let us look at why they are wise and why they are foolish. The clear similarities, the differences, the constants, the variables, the actions, and the results. So first is hearing and doing. It ended up saying that everyone who hears these words of mine and puts them into practice. And later it says, everyone who hears these words of mine and does not put them into practice. We see as the story begins that both hear these words of mine, Jesus' words, his teachings, and then comes that conjunction word, and. And puts them into practice. And does not put them into practice. So both hear 
these words of Jesus, one does them and one does not do them. And I'm growing up, I remember my mom all the time when it came to listening and doing stuff, she'd be like, Tim, hello, hello, are you listening? Are the lights on? You need to do this, right? Remember this, don't forget to do this. Or she'd be go like, Tim, pay attention. Don't let it go in one ear and out the other, right? Catch it in between. And as kids, we receive a lot of advice from our parents. They're trying to give us life lessons, you know, take a seat, we need to talk. And they're sharing their knowledge with us so that we learn and we grow and we become better people. What's funny is I typed in, I typed in um, wisdom from parents, what they give to children on the internet. And the first thing they came up said this, advice your parents told you as kids that wasn't true. And I saw that title and I'm like, <laughs> I should probably take a look at that, right? I've been living, you know, maybe I've been living some weird false truth or handing down lies to my children. So here's a few from that list, you know, maybe this is gonna help somebody today. If you swallow your gum, it will stay in your stomach for seven years. Right? I remember my parents actually saying that, and you're always going, oh, that's gross. And then you go, how old am I? Plus seven. Man, it's going to be in there till I'm a sophomore in high school. <laughs> wow. Um, the next one was this, is if you keep making that face, you'll get stuck like that forever. <laughs> I'm glad this one's not true, because I remember multiple times when my parents would say something, and I'm like, eh, I don't want to do that. I'm thinking, if that got stuck like that, oh man, dating life would have been over. Um, if you eat a watermelon seed, a tree will grow in your stomach. I don't know how many sleepless nights kids had waiting for this to happen. You know, like, oh, that's going to be gross. And then it hits you and you go, wait a minute, do watermelons even grow on trees? Anyway, moving on. The last one was drinking coffee will stunt your growth. Now, <laughs> this one might be true. Because in my case, I could have been like 6'5", and that might be like this, 6'5", huh? but we'll never know. But all kidding aside, our parents are just wanting to share their wisdom in hopes to better our lives. But then it's up to us what we do with those words, what we do with what's been given. James 1, 22-25 speaks to this hearing and doing when it comes to God's word, the ultimate truth, the ultimate advice for living. And it says this, Do not merely listen to the word and so deceive yourselves. Do what it says. Anyone who listens to the word but does not do what it says is like someone who looks at his face in the mirror and after looking at himself goes away and immediately forgets what he looks like. But whoever looks intently into the perfect law that gives freedom and continues in it, not forgetting what they have heard, but doing it, they will be blessed in what they do. Right? Do not merely listen, do. Not forgetting, but doing. It's so easy to listen to wise words, advice, and conclude, man, that was a great saying, right? Wow, that was profound. I wholeheartedly agree with that statement. Wow. But the real wisdom comes from applying those words, living them out daily, 
putting into practice what they actually say. Jesus' words, his teaching should become the foundation of our lives, reaching the deepest parts of our hearts. And it's not just following the ones that we like, right? The easy ones, the top 10 moral lessons from the Bible, picking and choosing. Oh, this day I'm gonna follow this, but I'm not really into this one today. It's not that at all. My parents would call this selective hearing, right? Only hearing what we want to hear. But we are to listen and put into practice all of Jesus' teachings. Not to see and forget, not to hear and just go back to normal life unchanged. So one does them and one does not do them. The second thing is building and foundations. The verse says, who built his house on the rock, who built his house on sand. Just like they both hear, they both build houses, their lives, but on very different foundations, right? One is on a rock and one on sand. And on the surface, the two houses may have looked similar. The dissimilarities are not apparent until you look at the foundation that they are built on. On October 17, 1989, a massive earthquake struck the San Francisco area, and people there gave a lot of thought to the foundation that they were building on, because buildings that were built on solid ground sustained much less damage than those built in filled-in areas, loose, sandy soil. The southern pier of the Golden Gate Bridge sits directly near on the San Andreas Fault, yet it only suffered minor damage in the quake because the weight of the bridge rests on two towers deeply embedded in the rock beneath the sea. But unfortunately, another Bay Bridge, a double-decker freeway in Oakland, collapsed because it was built on land that had been filled in. It all looks the same until the time of testing. Each house looks secure in good weather, but when the storms came, it revealed the foundation. 1 Corinthians 3.11 says, For no one can lay a foundation other than that which is laid, which is Jesus Christ. In Psalm 62.2, it says, He alone is my rock and my salvation, my fortress. I shall not be greatly shaken. Our foundation cannot be built on money, on friends, possessions, a career, bank accounts, a spouse, fill in the blank, right? Only on the solid rock, which is Jesus. Everyone is building, but underneath what you were building on makes all the difference. One was on a rock, one on sand. Next thing is storms and outcomes. The rain came down, the streams rose, and the winds blew and beat against that house. And it goes on and says, and that house. So both hear, both build, and both encounter storms, but with very different outcomes. One did not fall, and one fell. Growing up in Arizona, we had this season called the monsoons. It happened from June to about September. And during those times, I experienced some of the craziest storms I've ever witnessed in my life. 
They were epic. They were unpredictable, and they came in with a vengeance. They were, they were thunderstorms, heavy rain, lightning, hail, high winds, flash flooding, dust storms, microbursts. It was a mix of high humidity and extreme heat that made a casserole for destruction. And every year in the Savonic household would be like, what's going to happen this year? What is it going to be like this year? And over the years as a kid, I watched extreme flooding take place. I watched trees get knocked over. I watched things get struck by lightning. I watched windows get smashed and things blow off our house. And one year, we had a moment where a waterfall made its appearance in our living room of our house. Water leaking through the ceiling, but okay, wait, not leaking. It was pouring through the ceiling. The ceiling started caving in. My dad's screaming. He's running around trying to find trash buckets or anything that can catch the water. As I'm a kid running into the waterfall and going, whoa, waterfall, and then going around that, the backside of water. Um, and doing this whole thing, I was so excited. It was raining in my house. And it was the coolest thing in the world as my dad is melting down. Um, as I've got older now, I know why he was melting down as it was flooding our house. But these violent storms were just a part of living in the valley. You could not avoid them. They were coming every June to September. Like clockwork, they were going to show up. And the text here presumes the fact that all people are going to deal with storms. If you have a pulse... Okay, you will have storms in your life. They come for everybody, every house, everyone will face storms. Matthew 5.45 says, He causes his son to rise on the evil and the good. He sends rain on the righteous and the unrighteous. Following Jesus does not exempt us from life's storms. Right? Following Jesus does not exempt us from life's storms. When, not maybe, or they could possibly come, it says when the rains came. The storms are coming. Jesus is not teaching a parable about how to build our houses in protected areas. Right? There are no storm-free zones. No one gets a get-out-of-storms-free card, right? No one got a get-out-of-2020 card, right? If I had those, man. <laughs> There's no avoiding the weather. But the outcomes, there's a difference in fell with a great crash, and yet it did not fall. Sure, the house probably looked aged, a bit weathered, seasoned, needed a new coat of paint. You know, it's that question you get when you're walking and someone's like, you okay? And you're like, you look tired. And you're like, I look tired, oh great. Yeah, it's been a rough day. It's been a rough week. It's been a rough month. It's been a rough life, right? But I'm still standing. Weathered yet did not fall because our outcome is determined by the foundation we're sitting on, not on the storms we face. So one did not fall, and one fell. And the chapter ends in verse 28, and it says, When Jesus had finished saying these things, the crowds were amazed at his teaching. 
He finishes, the crowds go wild, they're amazed, right? They're astonished, wow, Jesus, great job, go Jesus, that guy, right? But that wow, amazed, astonished has to move us to action, to trust, to change, to faith in, to have any sort of effect and meaning on our lives. Christianity isn't just about what we know. It's about what we do with what we know. Two builders, two ways to approach life, and two very opposite outcomes. They hear the same words, not difference in houses, not difference in trials. The difference is in the foundation. And let me pause here, because I want you to think for a second, what does my life look like right now? And right, not the casual, I'm good, fine, okay, great, the default answer that we give everybody in passing, how are you, I'm good, <laughs> okay. But when you take a personal inventory of your life, what do you find when the storms hit? Are you trying to find footing, feeling unstable, unsure, sinking, reaching for security and all sorts of things that are giving way, being tossed by the waves, completely depleted, lost, empty. As I've encountered storms in my life, there's a little phrase in Luke's telling of this parable that is spoken as a reminder to me in securing my footing. In Luke 6:48 it says this. It is like a person building a house who digs deep and lays the foundation on solid rock. When the flood waters rise and break against that house, it stands firm. And do you see it? Digs deep. What a word picture that is, right? His approach, his desperation, his commitment to finding something solid to build on, to cling to, to stand on, to trust in. He digs deep with everything he is. Because true security only comes when we dig deep and find the solid rock that never moves. Jesus Christ, our rock and salvation. If you've ever had to dig deep, you know, right? It requires hard work, lots of time and effort, sacrifice, it's strenuous, aches, pains, sweat, discipline, commitment, choice. It is not the easy, shallow, simple, half-hearted, surface-level approach of the foolish man. Digging deep takes all that you have, energy, time, resources, vulnerability, courage, endurance, trust, allowing nothing to get in your way, not settling, not giving up, pursuing a treasure that is permanent. Athletes define digging deep as finding another gear, right? or deeper motivation to carry through a difficult time in training or moment in a game. It's that push, that next level. It's that giving your all that you've got left 
that fighting for it. When you're going through a storm, do you fight harder to be close to God or do you drift farther from God? Digging deep is vital in building a house that will stand through the storms of life. A wise man digs deep, deep into the word of God, deep into God's presence, into his promises, deep into worship, deep into prayer, deep into trust, into surrender, into waiting, into obedience, into loving others. To weather storms, we can't live life on the surface in the sand. I can't build a sandcastle on the beach next to the ocean and expect any other results than ruin. No moat or sand wall will protect. We must dig deep to find solid rock. Stability, security, and safety in and through life storms can only be found when we build and trust our lives in Christ, our solid rock. And as the hymn writer penned this so beautifully in this hymn, and I want to read it for you, it says, My hope is built on nothing less than Jesus' blood and righteousness. I dare not trust the sweetest frame, but wholly lean on Jesus' name. When darkness hides his lovely face, I rest on his unchanging grace. And every high and stormy gale, my anchor, anchor holds within the veil. On Christ the solid rock I stand. All other ground is sinking sand. All other ground is sinking sand. Let's pray. Father, I'm so grateful that sometimes a simple illustration points to such a profound truth. The wise man comes to you, he sits, he listens, and he digs deep after that solid foundation, that solid rock. And God, just help us as we walk through this life and knowing trials and knowing storms, and some of us are in them and some of us are, they're coming. God, help us to be people that dig deep into who you are. God, entrust you as our solid rock. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Thank you so much for that word. Um, we're going to sing a song right now that talks about God being that foundation that we have to choose to build our lives upon. We, we have a choice where we build and how we build. Um, and this song declares God's worthiness of our praise and on our honor. Um, but it it goes beyond that in saying that I'm going to choose to build my life upon this foundation because it is firm and it is secure and I can trust in it 
and I want to declare that and make that choice. And and so um, you guys know it. Sing along and, and make that declaration today that we get a choice to choose what we're going to build and how we're going to build our lives on the rock that is Jesus Christ. Amen.
Amen. Would you stand with me out in the courtyard and we'll end our service in a time of prayer. Heavenly Father, we thank you for the insights we were given today. And we thank you for the call to build our lives on your sure foundation. Lord, we recognize that that is the way of wisdom. We recognize that that is your way. So we pray that we would be faithful to that cause. Help us, we pray, in this week ahead to be the representatives of our Savior, Jesus Christ. Help us to make you look good in the eyes of others. Dismiss us with your blessing, we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you for tuning in. Thank you for being here. We'll see you next week.